All right, guys, we ready to do a show? Yeah, let's rock this. Let's go. We can just do baseball cards. <laughs> <laughs> go inside. Are you inside yet? I'm inside. All right. I just can't stand still. All right, here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Tailgate Kings, guys. It's a beautiful Friday out there. And it's been a long week still, man. It's been a long week. Leading up to today, March Madness officially starts. So hopefully you filled out your brackets. I know Chad has watched a ton of college basketball this season. so You ought to see my bracket. <laughs> it's the first time in ever I don't have one. <laughs> but, man, it's been a week, though. Still, the NFL refuses to let go of the media bit in the mouth. It's got the reins. It's holding on tight. And we kind of started the week with um, – with Drew Brees announcing officially his retirement. And uh, and I think, um, if nothing else, I'm sure we all um, we all have different memories of Drew Brees. I'm sure we can all say something. Um, I think he's probably, uh, you know, one of the uh, one, one of the greats to play the game, one of the greatest ones I ever got to see play live kind of for his entire career. He's the only football player I know out of Purdue. Um, and I knew that before he, uh, before he ever became a Saint. He, he's, I don't think I've ever watched Purdue football but uh, it was like right in that Big Ten time, you know what I'm saying? When uh, when Michigan was good, and when Tennessee was good, and I was watching a lot of college football, and uh, and Drew Brees was uh, was the Purdue quarterback. It's like the only time I thought Purdue was like a perennial power or something, guys. Um, and then you know, look at the Saints. Uh, for those of you, there's a lot of people who said Drew Brees been there 15 years. A lot of a lot of people, 20, even Casey. Casey, do you remember the Saints before? Uh, before Drew Brees? Um, slightly. You know, I, I remember when um, I remember when he made the jump. My dad was is a huge Saints fan, and my grandpa is a huge Saints fan. So um, I grew up around um, Saints fans and, and that culture. And, um, yeah, I, I slightly remember it before Drew. I, I mostly remember, and maybe that's just because my dad loved him as a player, uh, I mostly remember the Saints for Deuce McAllister more so right. than – Right. More so than any of the quarterbacks before, uh, you know, other than Archie. Oh, um, no, there, there, there were no. I mean, like, and, and, and for me, I, I, about the rest of y'all, for me, like, the, the, the one, one of the key plays for the Saints prior to Drew, Drew Brees being there was poor Aaron Brooks, I think, fumbling the ball backwards, like, 40 yards. Yeah, um, I do remember that. Right, right there. It was like, and Jim Haslett was the coach. It was like, and all of a sudden, you know, um, here comes Drew Brees with Sean Payton. Get Reggie Bush and Marcus Holston in the draft, and uh, they, they've kind of never looked back. And it's it's been an era, and I think a lot of Saints fans. Um, and that's not even talking about the, the things that Drew's done in the community. That's just what he's done for the football team. Like up until this point, you know, the Saints were the Aints, you know, paper bags over their heads and whatnot. So um, before Drew got there, they had uh, I think they'd only won one playoff game. They were they were worse than like the Lions. Or the Bengals, you know. I mean, it was just, it was just bad. And and, and now, you know, with Drew, they, they they've got a Super Bowl, you know. And you could argue that, you know, a couple calls or whatever, they should have maybe had two. So um, I don't know what, you know, uh, what what were the rest of y'all's thoughts, Casey? I guess start with you. Like I said, uh, what what are your thoughts on Drew? Look, man, I I like I said, I, I grew up um, around Saints fans. I was a pseudo Saints fan, I, I guess if you want to call it that. Growing up until I uh, formed my own opinion in about 2007 or eight, and decided that I wanted to be a Packers fan. Um, it was somewhere around there, anyways. But um, you know, I grew up cheering on the Saints. 
Um, and I still cheer for the Saints today, as long as they're not, <laughs> you know, actively playing my Packers or uh, what they do directly affects my Packers. Um, I still cheer for them and they're still home for me. And um, I, I've been to two pro games and they were both Saints games, once against the Lions and once against the Steelers. And that game that they played the Steelers, um, Jay, I'm sure you probably watched it. Um, it was in the Dome and it was they still had Antonio Brown at the time, I believe. And it was the most, one of the most, at least, electric and um, just, you know, overwhelmingly awesome feelings that I've ever had as a sports fan. And um, the, the love for Drew Brees there in New Orleans and, uh, and here in the state of Louisiana is just um, massive and unmatched, I think. He, he's going to be missed, man, even if it's not for his, uh, his play, because let's not, let's not forget this past season, he, he, he fell off that cliff. It, it, we could all tell it was time, but um, Drew Brees is the guy that's thrown for multiple, multiple, multiple 5,000 plus yards, uh, you know, seasons. Um, he's, he's broken all the records pretty much. Um, Drew, Drew is one of a kind. Um, one of the, one of the other, one of the shorter quarterbacks too, you know, um, made, made his name as a shorter quarterback that a lot of people thought wouldn't succeed only being six foot. Um, he, he came out and he proved everybody wrong and he, he got the love of the city. And even when he made comments that he was publicly criticized for, um, he even showed, you know, maturity in terms of getting to getting his teammates perspective. And I, and I respect that. And um, I respect his game and, and I respect Drew Brees and I can't wait to hear him in the booth next season. What about you, Chad? What, what, what's your, what, what's your thoughts on, on Drew Brees now that, that it's all over, that, 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 he's, that he's hanging it up and going into the booth of all things. Well, don't you always or haven't you always thought about aspiring to a spot where whatever it is you do competitively, at the end of the day, when you're spoken of, when you're judged, it's about the quality of your character and who you are as a human more than what you did whatever it is, you know, that you were able to reach people and connect on a level that was unique. Most guys can never do that. Most guys will, will never have that opportunity in anything. And Drew did that on a huge level. And that's, I think, what needs to be remembered first about him is all the things he did through many of the things. And I agree with Casey, you know, he did have some missteps. He took some bad photos. He, uh, he said the wrong thing at the wrong time and then apologized for it and had the wherewithal and the, the foresight to understand I have to reconsider my position. And, you know, that's, that's rare. There's not a lot of leaders that do that. They'll just keep blazing the path ahead. Like, no, I'm right. I said what I said, I'm Jerry Jones or whatever. But, you know, he uh, was, was, contrite and honest about his opinion when he said what he said about BLM and uh, stood with his brothers. And he's always going to be remembered for what he did for the city of New Orleans. And that's, that's how you evaluate greatness is not in on the field accomplishments, but like what you, what you did as a man to be a part of the culture of the city that you were asked to, to be a part of when you got a chance to be there because he did save that city. I mean, as a, as a leader, there probably uh, is none greater in the history of new Orleans sports wise than drew icon. Jay, what about you, man? You, you, you and drew kind of arrived about the same time, you know, to Louisiana. Um, so 
you're a Steelers fan, I know, but what, 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 what's your takeaway from Drew Brees' legacy here? There's anything I can say that hasn't already been said. You know, he really transcends the game and has become a symbol of New Orleans as a whole, not just the football team. Whether it's, you know, the very good, his role in helping rebuild and re-energize that city after Katrina to, to the, the bad when, like, you know, people got mad at him for, for saying that people kneeling uh, was disrespectful for the flag. Uh, I think he's shown his leadership uh, uh, through good and bad. And that, that's a rarity. You know, it's rare that people, you know, people can, it's easy to, you know, I always tell people it's easy to, it's easy to get good. It's easy to make a good radio show in a bad situation. You know, I've been in places after mass shootings, after tornadoes, it's, uh, you can send a monkey in there with a microphone and a camera and get a good story. Right. It's, I hate to say that, and it's it's probably sensitive and, and, and Louisiana, but it's, it's easy to be a hero when you're cleaning up uh, after a hurricane. Right. But, but it's hard when you make a misstep like Drew did. And he recovered from it quickly and regained the locker room, something not a lot of people could do. Uh, I think he's just been 100% on the spot all the time. Just that seems to be a great guy. I don't know him personally, but it's hard to think of a player uh, in a city more intrinsically linked than New Orleans and Drew Brees. And so, yeah, I mean, kudos to the guy. It's sad to see him go, but but I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad he's, you know, it's good to end a career with one team. We don't see that enough, you know uh it, it's very rare that we see that anymore so so good for him uh and good for new orleans we got very very lucky to have him represent not just new orleans but the the whole state of louisiana for 15 years it was really a blessing to have that kind of leadership no you're you're right there it it, it was a huge blessing and can i can i just jump in i think it's funny <laughs> I, I i think it's funny jay because you said it you know to have spend his whole career we forget he was born of that Chargers disaster. And if it weren't for an opportunity to get out and change his career in a new city and a city buy into him and have an organization buy into him, you know, he probably doesn't have that second chance. You know, how many of these guys aren't going to get the second chance that Drew Brees gets to the point that we forget that that was even his first chance? With oh, the yeah, I, I guess he did. He, like, he was in there for a cup of coffee. I don't know, like. That, that's yeah, not like thinking right. of Jerome Bettis as a Ram or something. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's that's my point. I mean, I, I think that's so, so poignant and so telling that we don't even consider those guys pre what they did for the city that they helped create and the, the culture of the organization they were part of building. That's, that's incredibly unique. Like you said, that is just so unique. Uh, it, it, Drew's, Drew's, Commitment to his city is the most beautiful part of his legacy, in my opinion. And, and the father he is. He's just a cool father. That's fascinating, too, like, that, that like you know, almost nobody mentioned his Super Bowl victory. <laughs> you know I mean? It's, like, totally secondary to what he did as a man, and that's the highest compliment you can pay anybody. And he's, he's part of my conspiracy theory, you know, the whole, if he had gone to Miami, would Saban have stayed? All right. So oh, Jesus, how many times do I have to hear this? <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, going, going to other NFL news, start with your Packers here, Casey, because Aaron Jones got signed early in the week. And then uh, Lindsley move, moves on, your, uh, your center. So Aaron, Aaron Rodgers going to be pulling out, out from under somebody else. Is that a lot of money to give to a running back, the right amount of money? I mean, did you need to pay Aaron Jones? You got Dylan on the bench there. You've got Williams. Did you – did you need to pay Aaron Jones that kind of cash? Absolutely. Look, Matt, I, I love Aaron Jones. I, I, I told you guys I, I fell in love with him over this past season. 
uh, you know, you know, over the last few years, I've been highly critical of Aaron Jones. And this last season, I fell in love with the guy. Love his game. I uh, love his hard work. He's very agile, very quick, but he can also power through the line when need be. Uh, I, I like his game, and I like how he plays, and, and I like that he complements Aaron Rodgers very well. Um, Aaron Rodgers has forever been looking for a running back um, in, in Green Bay to complement his play style. We thought maybe Eddie Lacy was going to be that guy, but then Eddie Lacy decided to pack on an extra 120 pounds and, and work his way out of the league very quickly. Um, I like Aaron Jones a lot, and he seems to have a good attitude. He seems to um, love playing with Aaron Rodgers. I thought for sure that he was gone, and um, I, I, had, I was preparing to move on. But I, I like him here, especially, what was it, two years that he signed? Um, I, I like him a lot, and I, I, can't, uh, I can't wait to see them next year. And I think that they may be at least in the NFC Championship game next year. Wow. All right. So Chad, is that it, man? Is, is, is Casey right? Cause maybe, maybe he is right. Do you need a running back that, that fits a quarterback and Aaron Jones is, is the fit here, Chad? I mean, or, or did they overpay? Can both things be right? I think they can. And they are in this instance, you know, um, we've devalued the position of running back for so long and losing the offensive lineman to me is equally as important as, signing Aaron to a, a, a fair deal because that's that's a big deal in in today's game you you look at the, the the shuffle look at Trent Williams contract look at the money that's being thrown at these guys I think finally we're starting to understand the value of keeping your most important asset upright is in the NFL so losing a guy like Lindsley that's that's a problem for your Packers. You want to admit it or not. I think Aaron Jones is a great signing. But anytime you lose somebody who's that caliber at their position, it's hard to replace it, especially on that offensive line that Aaron, A-Rod, and Aaron, the runner, depend on. They both need that for them to be what they are. So they're going to have to replace some parts on that end. Uh, is Bakhtiari healthy? I don't know. But losing him into the season, you sh I think there were consequences in that. So you're going to have to always rebuild that offensive line, and you're going to always have to have a stockpile of runners in the NFL. It, it, I think, you know, you're, you're, you're trading pieces, but probably a sum-zero gain, maybe a, a loss in terms of losing the offensive lineman in Lindsay, personally, in my opinion. Jay, is, is, is the – Green Bay Packers front office kind of not sure what they're doing here. I mean, you draft a running back, you draft a quarterback, and then you pay a running back, and you may end up paying Rodgers again if he gets you, like, to the Super Bowl or something. I mean, what's, what's the front office here doing? What are they doing? Uh, they're doing what most teams do when you make it to the, uh, the championship game. Uh, and your conference two years in a row, which is you, you spend on everybody, right? right? Like it, 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 the, the balloon eventually will bust, but for now they're, they're spending everything. We've seen the Patriots go through it and they had a year where they couldn't spend anything. Now they're coming out of it and they're spending a fortune, right? We see the Steelers fire sale, getting rid of everybody. They'll have a down year and then next year they'll have 120 million off the cap and buy everything back. That, that day is coming for the Packers. It's just a matter of time. But what they're saying right here with this Aaron Jones contract is it's not coming in 2021, right? We have a shot to get back to the NFC Championship game. We have a shot to get at the Super Bowl. We're going to spend now, and we'll pay for it down the line. They'll probably pay for it the year Aaron Rodgers leaves and the year and Jordan Love's first year is what will happen, right? Uh, this is what's going to happen. 
As for Jones' contract, look, uh, it's only $2 million less than Derrick Henry, but it's the same exact amount of money that Joe Mixon is making, right? So it all depends on how you look at a thing, right? <laughs> but by that wow. standard, yeah. Derrick yeah. Henry is the steal of a deal, and Joe Mixon is way overpaid. <laughs> Aaron Jones can be considered right about on average. All, all players, of course, in the NFL are wildly overpaid. But I think this is fair for what you're getting in this situation. Look, Aaron Jones has carried the ball over 200 times in back-to-back years. He's rushed for over 1,000 yards in back-to-back years. And when you think of the Packers, you don't think of a run-first offense. So when you're carrying 200 times and getting 1,000 yards and you basically get no headlines because it's all Aaron Rodgers this, Aaron Rodgers farted in the back of a van. Oh, my God, it's on the back of the New York Post, right? <laughs> so like, He's very quietly been solid the last two years. At the same time, I don't think I'd have gone to four. I think I'd be more, more likely to pay this guy $15 million a year than 12 and just make it two or three and ax him after two when he's probably going to get burned out. I don't know many NFL running backs who can hold up to a beating uh, of 200 carries for three, four straight years. I think they'll be paying this guy uh, uh, when he's injured or when he's burnt out and not getting the yards you'd expect him to. Preach, brother. That is fire. And I think to that point, how scared are you right now, Matt Dye, with your horse back there, Henry, who carries the ball 692 times a game and has how much shelf life? I ain't scared. Have you seen the video of, of, of Henry training right now? He's on one of those big medicine balls standing on one foot, and he's stiff-arming guys coming at him. So I, I am scared to death of that man. <laughs> My it biggest is absurd fit. that he's making so close to uh, to uh, Aaron Jones right now. Like, whoa. yeah, that's interesting. That's so interesting. And Mixon on the other side, just such solid points. Really good work. All right, so Jay, you're talking about uh, you're talking about the Patriots also on the spending spree. We've noticed this, right? I mean, obviously the Patriots spending a lot of money here. Is 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 this Bill Belichick getting ready to go on a run? Then, I mean, is this? Are we, are we going to believe in Cam? Because really this comes down to Cam, right, Jay? Cause, but he's got him now, the two tight ends set. He's got him, Jonu Smith on one side, Hunter Henry on the other. And Cam used to love the tight end and Greg Olson back in Carolina. So is this, is this you know, like, oh, Tom won a Super Bowl, Belichick's on a tear? Uh, yeah, I mean, last year, Belichick, who I despise, <laughs> by the way, I, I compliment him frequently, even though I dislike him. <laughs> um, he, uh, he was pretty clear about it last year, and people were like, oh, that's an excuse. He was like, look, we paid for these Super Bowls. We paid for Tom. We have dead money left and right. We're just, we just don't have money to pay people this year. And people were like, excuses, excuses. And now he's on a spending spree because now he has money to spend. And people are like, is he desperate? What's going on? It's like, it's just math. He had all this dead money last year. The dead money is gone. Suddenly, he has like $70 million to spend. He loves two tight end sets. When you think of the heyday of the Patriots, you think of Gronkowski and Hernandez, right? Like, so he goes out and he gets two free agent tight ends to do the thing he loves to do. You know who's luckiest? Whatever quarterback they take in the draft. That's the fool who's luckiest in this whole mess. Some kid who's going to step into a well-run, well-oiled machine with two tight ends. You want to be a new quarterback in the NFL? What, what does every new quarterback go to? They're tight end. That's the safety valve. That's what you go to when you don't know what to do. Bill gives you two of those, right? Like <laughs> They're going to draft somebody. And that, that kid is probably going to end up being a great NFL quarterback, regardless of how good he really is. I, I, I think this is a perfect setup. I don't think he's doing anything that should surprise us at all. It makes sense. 
and I'm a big fan of these free agents. I know you can't go out and get a free agent rock star quarterback because they're cost prohibitive. You can't go out and get a, a free agent rock star wide receiver because they're cost prohibitive. But tight ends, linemen, defensive players, yes, get those in the free agent market all day. Because the fact of the matter is you got a 50-50 shot on players in the draft. Guys you know can play in the NFL, you've got an 80%, 90% shot on of them working out when they come to your squad. So filling all those positions – all those cheaper positions through free agents while you have tens of millions of dollars to spend just makes sense. And now he'll draft more skill players. I, I think they'll be a threat. Look, they're not going to win this division. The bills are, but I think the Pats will be back in the playoffs. All right. So Jay, real quick, do you think Cam Newton then makes it the whole season or do you think he's just starting and by mid season, we're going to see some rookie in there? I have a funny feeling we'll see some rookie in there. I could be wrong. I mean, I don't see Cam flourishing and a two tight end set. It's just not his style of play. It doesn't seem like something that's going to – I mean, maybe they ran it in Carolina and I missed it, but it doesn't seem like his style. And also the thing about Cam is you just never know when he's going to get injured. I love the way he plays, but, man, he, he, he puts his jaw first. How many times have you seen him get his bell rung jumping headfirst across the goal line? I mean, whether it's by choice or by force, I doubt he's playing past week six. All right. Casey, agree or disagree, man? What do you think about Cam, dude? I, I, I kind of think Cam could make it the whole season with an offseason and some time with this second year with this offense. What do you think is going to happen here? I mean, if we're going based off of recent memory of Cam Newton, we have no reason to believe that he will make it the entire season healthy. I hope he does. Um, I, would, I, I like Cam Newton, and I've never, um, I've never, been, I've never disliked Cam Newton. I, I hope he stays healthy, and I hope we get to see a full season of him. And I would love to see – some flashes of that MVP season that we saw oh so many years ago um, when he brought his team all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, I, I like what the Pats are doing. I like that they're actually spending a lot of money and um, putting some good pieces around, I guess, Cam being the quarterback going forward. I'm assuming that they're, that they are planning on him being the starting quarterback for the entirety of next season, considering they paid him. Um I hope he does. I hope he stays healthy the entire season. I'll say that he starts at least uh, 10 to 12 games. There might be a, a game or two where he sits out here and there, maybe misses two games with a sprained ankle, misses two games with, I don't know, a, a bruised rib or something. Who knows? Um, he does have an injury tendency, but I do agree with Jay. I don't think they win the division. I think it's still for the Bills. I think the Bills are just too good right now. Um, I think if the Dolphins – they were already good, you know, going into uh, or going into the off season this year. Now with the rumors that they may somehow get Deshaun Watson, you have to look at the at the Dolphins being there now as well. I think it's going to be a tough division to win, but I think they win seven, eight, maybe even nine games at the highest. Wow. Okay, so you don't have them as a playoff team necessarily, Chad? Uh, what do you? No, I don't think so. All right, Chad. What do you think, man? Does, does all these moves, do all these moves, Cam Newton's second year in this offense, sort of thing? Does this make the, the, the Patriots a playoff team, or is this still uh, just a eh, – not quite? I think it boils down to how much does Belichick trade on his Putin-Trump-type relationship with the Oilers, the Texans, their willingness to possibly come off to Sean and everything that's happening around that right now just smells weird. And Belichick's always in the middle of things that are smelling weird – He's always got his hands in that. So you, you kind of wonder, like, there's rumors out there. That's one question I have. So are you more interested in Deshaun or are you more interested in Trey Lance? 
and trying to trade up and get him. Those are the two things that I think Belichick is working his way through as he's thinking about how he goes forward because he does have a lot of money and he's made a bunch of great moves. I think all of the things that he's done has helped this team get better, even the receivers. Bourne is a guy who's going to help them. You watch. Uh, Aguilar maybe getting a little longer in the tooth for the position, but still a guy who gets open and catches it. So he, they shored up those needs, all right? So that's, that's, that's all good. But what does he want to do? Because Jay made a great point. I think it boils down to does Belichick want to, to uh, build a guy in Trey Lance behind Cam Newton and think that Cam Newton can really be the guy? Or does he want to bring in a Deshaun Watson with all these other guys that he's put together right now in that defense that's returning, some from COVID absence and recent acquisitions? They're going to be much better defensively, which is his strength. How much better is that team? Can Cam Newton really manage the team? And then you bring in a guy like Trey Lance, who you trade up to get in this situation where you're quarterback heavy in this draft maybe you do that maybe you do that or maybe you you trade on this this opportunity that you've got over here with the Texans because of your relationships and so forth and do you want Deshaun and can you can you see your team winning right now and going and getting him because Cam's really not getting paid that much it's very incentivated contract it's not a whole lot of money up front out of pocket obligated they're gonna they're gonna pay minimal for the position especially so what do you do that's i think where he's standing right now is which way do you go which way do you want to take this so as far as tom brady and and uh what's going on in uh tampa let's not forget oj howard's on that team jay right they don't have two tight ends they have three and they could possibly have <laughs> with Brait. i mean where's Brait going i mean he's you know you got you got everything loaded and locked for Brady. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think there's, there's like three more years in that tank after watching what he did. And if they can get Fournette back and they've re-signed that defense on the cheap, Jesus, Tampa Bay is crazy good. Can we talk about Nelson Aguilar real fast? How, how, does, this, how does this guy get paid? Somebody tell me, tell me Aguilar was worth it. That's the one that, doesn't, that shocked me, I guess, was how much they're paying Aguilar for, for, for the year. Well, hey, look, what are they paying him? I mean – I think fifteen million or something was it? Wasn't that the number? Am I making that up? Oh, that's heavy. They can not have gone that heavy. Let, let, let me let me let me double check. That seems definitely heavy. I wouldn't have paid that much. They're, they're, uh, but Bourne is signed to it. My bad. A, my bad. It's it, it's it's a it's it's a two year twenty two million with like a sixteen million signing bonus or something like that. Yeah, it's, total is two years twenty six million. That yeah, still it, seems heavy. It, it, that's, it, that's heavy for me. For me, he's a two-year, $12 million type receiver. I mean, it's really the signing bonus that, that shocked me, I guess. It was like, you know, they're or giving him. It, or is it that that new TV contract that is paying that? I'm buy. sure I'm sure it's going to have something to do with it. But as we pointed out, you know, this year the uh, the salary cap's going down. So, I'm, But I guess I don't know how signing bonuses work. I'm not an NFL uh, guru on that. All, tie, all tied to futures. You know, they signed that contract and everybody in the NFL looked around <laughs> each other and was like, holy shit, did that just happen? All right, so speaking of guys on weird contract numbers, the Bears tried to get <laughs> – they tried to get Russell Wilson. Apparently, they offered three first-round picks, a third-rounder, and two starters, and they still couldn't get him off of uh, Seattle. So I'm assuming Russell's not going anywhere this season. That said, they, they then said, screw it, and went with Andy Dalton. So 
I don't know. Chad, sell, sell me Andy Dalton on the on the Bears as a starter. <laughs> oh, come on, man. You're really asking me to sell yeah, you on the I, Polygon? I'm, I'm getting you to start. I figured I'll let you the start. Chad, version? Chad, you're a salesman, bro. You got come it. Come on, sell yeah. this. <laughs> this is the glorified version of a Polygon. No, sorry, Red Rifle. Look, he's not a bad quarterback, let's be honest. He's made playoffs. He's taken teams that were underachievers to places they shouldn't have been. And look, I don't want to dislike him. I just, there's something about him. I can't believe him. I don't, I just, I don't know. I don't buy it. I'm not, I'm not ready to move on from, I think the jump from, Oh, we're going after Russell Wilson, but we got Andy Dalton. Yeah. I just feel like that's a huge. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, how it's like, been- what? Bears fans must feel great, right? I mean, and 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 the the odds in Vegas actually went up against you after you got your new quarterback. <laughs> you, know, you went from forty to one to fifty to one in a day after signing the most important player. Uh, <laughs> not probably the Bears' uh, finest hour of all, but look, they kept that defense intact, and you want to keep that. They, that's how they win. I, I don't think Andy Dalton can necessarily uh, win you games, but if you take a, a attack of like just staying in the game defensively and then not blowing it, maybe kind of what the Patriots are trying to do with Cam, you know, then you could do worse than Andy Dalton. All right, Jay, man, sell me on Andy Dalton, man, especially because they got rid of Trubisky. It's not like Trubisky's on the bench anymore. It's like, I mean – was Trubisky that bad? We were talking about Drew Brees needed those couple of years to, to suck in San Diego before he was ready to be a saint. You know, maybe we're maybe we're selling on Trubisky too fast. The Bears did go to the playoffs last season. Well, if the Bears are selling too fast, uh, the bigger question is why is Trubisky selling so fast? He very quickly took a job as a backup, which suggests he knows he isn't starter material, yeah, he, right? He, he, well, he, he just didn't want to be in Chicago anymore, too, I think. But you're right. He could have maybe tried to be a starter somewhere. Oh, else. and there's plenty of teams that have no quarterback now who don't know what they have to do. <laughs> yeah, he, he could have been a starter if he wanted to. There's no doubt about it. So the Bears probably got it right in letting Trubisky go. Look, the Bears have a long history of bad quarterback decisions. I, I, Rex Grossman went to a Super Bowl. Right. Kyle Orton, uh, J, uh, Jay Cutler, uh, uh, Trubisky. Like, they, they really don't have a history – of picking quarterbacks well. That said, I don't think the Bears quarterback situation is done. And don't be surprised if the Seattle Seahawks situation isn't done either. As I noted last week on this show, they cannot move Russ right now. You could offer them a gold Lear jet. They wouldn't take it. It would cost them $39 million against the cap right now. Keeping him on the team is only $32 million against the cap. So they'd actually lose $7 more million by trading him right now. But as of June 1st, when they get to this middle period, where you're allowed to spread a cap hit over two years, you know, trading him would only cost them $20 million against the cap. I guarantee Seattle didn't flat out tell teams that came to them, like, no, we won't deal with you. What they probably said was, we're not sure about this offer, but uh, give us your best one on June 1st, and we'll revisit it then, because we're not moving him before then anyway. So I don't know if the Dalton deal is the final deal. I don't know if he's the guy we'll see starting in Chicago, and I don't know if Russ is the guy we'll see starting in Seattle. I think, though, people are going to be trying to figure this out and make new stories out of, out of it for the next six weeks when nothing can really happen until June 1 anyway. All right, all right. Casey, what do you think, man? Andy Dalton and the Bears. Allen Robinson signs the tag. Do you love this Bears offense, Casey? They're going to be playing your Packers. 
Hey, listen, I got a few things to tackle here. Um, first of all, um, I, I love the signing for the Bears uh, when it comes to Andy Dalton because that means my Packers defense is going to get a lot more interceptions this season. Uh, I also love the fact that Chad mentioned that they kept that defense intact, but they just let go of Kyle Fuller, actually. I'm pretty sure that Kyle Fuller was going to be involved in that trade package that they put together for Russell Wilson. From what I'm understanding, along with the picks, it was going to be Khalil Mack and Kyle Fuller because they wanted to offload both of those guys. And what better way than to get Russell Wilson back in return? So instead of being able to trade him, they released Kyle Fuller. That's a big hit on their defense. They just didn't want to pay him. Um, and, and now, given I don't think his numbers have been a, as high as they were at his peak, but he's still a, a good player, still going to be a starting cornerback for a team in this league somewhere. Um, hey, he can come play for my Packers. We'll take him. Um, and another thing, you know, Matt, you, you talked about uh, Marcus Mariota in, in our group chat yesterday, and I'm hearing big rumors that Marcus Mariota might go be the backup in Chicago and I'm, I'm looking at it like this. If Andy Dalton's your starter, there's a possibility that Mariota might be your starter by the end of the season. Who knows? Mariota might be a starter in the NFL again by the time the season's over. And you know what? I think the Chicago Bears are going to be a dumpster fire. Allen Robinson hasn't been healthy since he entered the league, I think, since his rookie season. Um, this is great. This is great for the NFC North. This is great for not only the Packers, uh, but the Vikings and the Lions as well. Um, I love this move, and I also want to say that I am still predicting that Russell Wilson is still going to be a Seahawk. I don't think he's leaving, at least not this season. I think he's going to play the 2021 to 2022 season um, in Seattle as a super. Uh, I almost said as a supersonic, as a Seahawk. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, just just to interject uh, real quick, I, I, I have to. Um, I, I think if Mariota goes to Chicago in any way, shape, or form, however they would configure that, get him there. He, he's not necessarily the assumed backup. I think he would compete with Dalton for the starting job. He's oh, and that, Yeah, good. that's what I'm saying, Chad, because right? I, I, I would love that. I would love a, um, an uncertain I, I, quarterback I, stance in Chicago. That's great for me. I, hey, look, man, I think you need at least two at every position anymore, especially uh, even quarterback. You know, I mean, there are very few of these guys who make it through the season unscathed that's why you see Tyrod Taylor getting a new deal. That's why you see all these guys coming in because you got to have more than one guy at each position, Mariota and Dalton. Now you're talking something different, just Dalton by himself. You're not winning anything, but if you can do a, an exchange and, and play Mariota in the right situations. And I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm the guy who wants to have pitchers playing every day in the outfield because they can hit, you know, and having all my pitchers ready to go. It, look, if, if the game plan is that, my, I need two quarterbacks to win. I'm sorry if you think your fragile ego needs to be the number one quarterback. Sorry, Andy. You're going to have to sit down, pellet gun, and Mariota's going to take these series where he gives us an advantage. I think that's how the NFL should be starting to look at things. You know, if, if the Saints had taken that approach at the end of the season and let, let Winston take snaps and throw down the field where they knew they needed to do so and had – kind of bred him for that maybe you would have tipped your hand as far as what you're trying to do for your future and protect your investment but if they would have done that how much better would their team been that team's a better team if you have a dual-headed monsters in that situation same could be said with whatever happens with uh cam in in patriot land and bilicek is one of those guys who will do that kind of thing 
find another guy, find a Trey Lance and put him in there and let him play. Let them both play. You know, I mean, Cam's almost a running back anyway. He's at the end of his career. He's going to sacrifice <laughs> himself to stay in the league. He'll do whatever he wants. I mean, why not line up two quarterbacks? Why not? I think the era is changing. All right. But yeah, you make a good point. And look, the big winner out of this whole deal isn't the, the Seahawks. Uh, so what if Russ stays? They're kind of screwed either way now that he's said his offensive line was crappy. You, <laughs> you know, you're an offensive lineman. You want to block for the guy who's, who's talked shit on you, right? Probably not. The Bears, now they're stuck with the Dalton thing if they can't work something out later. The big winner is the Bills, who get Trubisky, who's happy to be a backup, who, who runs the exact same type of offense as Josh Allen, who's a very dangerous player and likely to get hurt at any moment. I think the Bills having Trubisky is just genius for the Bills and Trubisky. He could very well find himself in a Nick Foles-type situation, leading a team in the playoffs that he didn't start the season with and having a shot at actually winning a Super Bowl. So I think the Bills were the big winner in the Russell Wilson debacle, not the Seahawks and not any of their possible trade partners. Fire take. That's absolutely money because, look, Trubisky is a guy who will come in and be exactly what Josh Allen is. Same kind of athlete. Allen's got a bigger arm and is learning to pass better. But Trubisky, at least in a, a have-to-fill-it-out type scenario for four games, he could do that for you and keep that, that whole team afloat with all of the other – they just signed Emmanuel Sanders. All right. Let's get richer. So moving, moving from one washed-up bangle to another, uh, A.J. Green moves teams to the Cardinals. Am I being too harsh? Is A.J. Green not washed up? And does this mean Larry Fitzgerald, who's a free agent right now, is just going to be like in football limbo? What, what do you think here, Jay? Well, you know, I think people, like, people don't realize how good those Bengals teams were that managed to make it to the playoffs four or five years in a row uh, <laughs> with, with Green and Dalton. I think it's like Dalton, Roethlisberger, and Brady were the only people with like, you know, over 300 touchdowns and over 10,000 yards in the 2010s, right? So, so like, uh, uh, now age might be more of an issue than, than talent there. I like this. And I think the cards actually re-signed Fitzgerald. And I think the idea of having Hopkins, who's probably the best receiver in football right now, and then having two aged vets with sure hands as your number two and three options are pretty darn good. <laughs> and the mentorship section that, that the cards now have, Look, I think J.J. Watts passed his prime, too, but he's still uh, still a top-tier player in his position. And the thing about guys like Green, guys like Fitzgerald, guys like Watt, is those are guys who can still play and can mentor the young guys you're going to have to draft to be successful and stay within the cap constraints. I think the cards are playing this just right. I think they've had a really, really smart, really selective uh, a run at free agents right now, and I think the cards are becoming competitive in what's already the most competitive division in football, arguably. I mean, it's got a, there's just a few divisions that are really competitive, competitive and, and that NFC West is certainly one of them. And, and I could see the cards making a run at it in a division that's really hard to make a run. And I think Green and Watt were great pickups. Right now I have the cards winning free agency. What do you think, Casey? Is, is, is A.J. Green worth it if you end up not re-signing Larry Fitzgerald? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, 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 I mean, look – we have we don't even know if Larry Fitzgerald is retiring yet or not. Um, they're they're talking about the the Cardinals organization and Cliff Kingsbury are talking about the fact that there's no rush on um, Larry Fitzgerald to retire. Not on if he's going to re-sign with the team, on if he's going to retire from football or not. The guy's been in the league for 16 seasons. Um, 
I think A.J. Green is a really good pickup for them, especially if he's going to be your second or third option. A lot less pressure on him to be guarded by the top cornerbacks. And if A.J. Green is staying healthy, that's let's face it, that's been his biggest thing, right, is, is his injury history. When A.J. Green is healthy, he's a top five receiver in the league sometimes. The fact that he hasn't been healthy is what's been holding him back. If he's not being guarded by the top receivers, doesn't have to play as hard as he is whenever he's being guarded or by the top corners, sorry. And if he doesn't have to be guarded by those guys, he may be able to stay healthier longer. He might be a thousand yard receiver as the second or third option with DeAndre Hopkins also being a thousand yard receiver, obviously going to be a thousand yard receiver for D hop. So I think this is a really good pickup for the Cardinals. And if it doesn't work out, guess what? You wash your hands of him and you really didn't pay him too much money. And I agree with Jay on the JJ Watt thing too. I do think he's past his prime. Um, I do think that the injury histories and the multiple surgeries have taken their toll on his career, but at what you got him for, considering that he's a multiple-time defensive player of the year and multiple-time sack leader in the NFL, I mean, these two guys are guys that you just couldn't afford to pass up on for the money that you paid them. And, again, I agree with Jay. I, I think as of right now, the Cardinals are winning free agency, and they might even make a push for that division. And They, they might win next year's free agency, too, when while the Steelers will have right now about $120 million to spend – They'll also have to sign T.J. Watt. So I thought that the Watt brothers all might end up in Pittsburgh this year. Could be them all ending up in Arizona next year. <laughs> Chad, what do you think, man? you agree with Jay and Casey that, uh, that right now Arizona is winning free agency? You're muted. Sorry. Um, look, Christian Kirk's the second receiver in that organization. And uh, there's no chance that Fitzgerald will go play somewhere else. He'll either retire or come back for another season. And if that puts him at the fourth receiver in your arsenal and he's got a diminished role, that team, yeah, come on. That's, that's, that's good. That's four, that's four really, really solid guys. And to, to uh, Casey's point, I mean, it's about health with AJ. If AJ can stay healthy and on the field, he's going to produce aside from Hopkins and Kirk with uh, Murray as uh, the catalyst and them improving everywhere else during this off season. Uh, yeah. Arizona's a problem right now. Arizona's an issue. Uh, the Rams got better by getting rid of golf and getting Stafford. I think Stafford's better than golf. And now the 49ers is forcing their hand to try and, figure out what they're going to do at quarterback. The NFC West is, is white hot. I mean, you know, the, the Seahawks, what do they do? You know, so there's that, that those are good teams. This is, these are, this is going to be a very fun division to watch and a very hard division to come out of worried about my Niners, honestly, because of all these moves and especially what the Cardinals have done. Yeah, absolutely winning off season. Yeah. Your, uh, your Niners are kind of, uh, sitting there looking for a quarterback still. Ah! All right. Hey, hey Matt. Hey, I will not I... be mocked. <laughs> do, do you mind if I ask Jay a question? Because I just got some, not necessarily breaking news, but some big news for his Steelers. I do. Um, yeah. Adam Schefter, according to Adam Schefter about five minutes ago, um, the Steelers have granted permission for your starting cornerback, uh, Steven Nelson, to seek a trade. Um, he's only 28, and he's been ranked as one of the top corners in the league recently. So, Jay, what does that mean for your Steelers? 
Not much, <laughs> Honest, honestly. I think it's going to be a rough year for the Steelers, and I think what's coming into focus here um, is what our GM and ownership realized is that there's just no way with this Ben Cap hit and what's going to be the last year he officially plays to manage everything. So we have to let go of people. We're, we brought back B.J. Finney, who spent the year, my God, in Seattle and didn't even get a snap. He's going to end up being the center this year for the Steelers probably. Just kidding, he knows Ben. It's going to be a tough year. The Steelers will still vie for the playoffs. They'll be one of those 9-7, and 10-6 and six teams that can sneak in. But the fact of the matter is we're just we're cap-strung right now. But then next year, everything opens up, and right now we're on pace to be $120 million under the cap. I don't even know how that's possible, <laughs> right? It makes no sense. So, yeah, I think what you see the Steelers doing, I won't say uh, – I won't say rebuilding here because I think it'll be very quick, but more of a reset where they are getting rid of any and everything. They're interested in getting in cheap players. They'll probably do a lot of moving and shaking in the draft. This will be Ben's last year. It'll be Ben's show. He can run it however he wants, and they'll try to set up a team so that the following year uh, it'll be just add water. Whoever the quarterback happens to be will have a good crew around him. It's, it's a bit like what we see the Patriots doing this year. I think the Steelers are going to be the big spenders next offseason. So I'm not surprised. I think they're just unloading, unloading, unloading right now because it's what you have to do with, with the salary cap and the way football works and these outlandish contracts. Every once in a while, you're going to have years where you just have to let people go, whether you like it or not. I mean, you never want to let a Bud Dupree go. He's great. And I'm happy for Matt's Titans that they were able to acquire him. But you just you can't afford everybody. There comes a point where you just can't afford everybody. And that's where they're at. Yeah, I, I think they would trade almost anybody. Jay, do you, do you think they told Big Ben this before before they uh, signed him? Do you think or do you think Ben Ben knew this going into this season that uh that they're gonna be dismantling the team around him? Well, they probably told him. Yeah, they, they like look. I think they wound up in a situation where like they're like, if you want to come back, you can. But here's the deal. Here's what's gonna happen. Like we'll release you if you want. We'll let you retire, whatever. But this is what's going to happen. There's, there's nothing that we can do about it. It's football. That's the way it goes, right? Like the, the bill comes due at some point and this was, this was inevitably going to happen. You know, you just have to hope that, that the Steelers can do what they've done repeatedly, which is get amazing linebackers and amazing wide receivers in the draft and then maybe score a quarterback too. I mean, unfortunately the Davis Mills kid yesterday had such a good pro day that he'll now probably He's probably jumped from fifth round or fourth round to like second round now out of nowhere. Don't be surprised if somebody <laughs> reaches him and takes him at the end of the first, which is outrageous. But he's a guy that I'm sure the Steelers and Pats were targeting before that pro day yesterday and may still be targeting, but likely some team will pay too much for him now. Okay, tacking on. Jay, question. Don't you feel like, honestly, this sets up perfectly for Ben in his swan song? I think like this is a, the – the opportunity, it, it actually could all work out as, as a goodbye. Not probably as nearly as well as Elway's situation, but I think this is kind of, if, I, I think you're right. I think Ben did get approached and told the truth and here's what we're going to do and here's how it's going to be. And somehow I think he's like, yeah, I see this. I can see this. And, and I think he can figure out a way. And, and, and to your point, you know, you got to let some people go. Bill Walsh is, famous saying was you always let them go a year too early than a year too late you know that's that's kind of the business that you're in you know and and you got to let go of some guys so I think Ben is in a weirdly I think the Steelers I think your Steelers are going to be weirdly good next year well he's he's definitely putting his money where his mouth is you know that 
that I forget if it was five or seven million dollars, but that hit he took, that isn't deferred money. It's an actual physical hit. He basically paid five million dollars to kind of run the team this year to a certain extent. I mean, like the GM and ownership, they have to run the players, you know, but but he kind of bought his way back in. He was like, I don't care what I make. You can defray the costs. I'll even take a salary hit. I, I just want one final shot at it. And they're like, well, this is what we got to do. We don't have any cap space. And he's like, I don't care. I'll, I'll give you cap space. I'll free up five million bucks for you. So, I mean, good for him. Ballsy move. I, I like, I don't see it, you know, being trying to, it's my squad. So it's hard to look at it objectively, but trying to look at it objectively. I see them right now as a 10 and six, 11 and five team. that could squeak into the playoffs. And we'll just have to see how they do in the draft. I mean, it's going to have to be, it's going to be ha- have to be an electric draft to work out. Um, and maybe some last minute free agency signings, maybe some trades, little things like that. But I, I wouldn't put it past this team. I, I've seen them do it before. I, I think it's really, they probably sold it to Big Ben like, hey, Big Ben, you're Davy Crockett. This is going to be like the Alamo. And Ben's only seen the movie with John Wayne and doesn't know the real history. And uh, and I gotta and I gotta rephrase the question. So I guess here's my question, Jay. Don't you kind of like that? I mean, don't you feel like Ben kind of wants that and needs that? And and this whole thing could. I, I feel like there's something in it that there could be magic in it. I don't know why. It just feels like you know. Uh, as much as I, you know how where I stand on Ben. I feel like he, I want the guy who wants to come back and take less and then wants to just be a part of the team for one more time, especially with all this talent around him. Who you guys re-signed, you're going to – you've got to get another receiver and a running back that makes sense. But you're going to have a chance to be in every game with that defense. So I kind of – don't. do you not kind of like the guy who wants to come back and is at the end of his career? I mean, aren't you kind of – doesn't this make your heart a little warm for Ben? And <laughs> well, I can't believe it, it's an admirable uh, you know? move. It really is. And you can see what he's thinking. You know, the first full season he played, he won a Super Bowl on a Jerome Bettis coming back and Jerome saying, hey, I can't do it all on my own. It's my last year. We better win a Super Bowl now. It's now or never for me. And it wasn't even Bettis that really like had the most electric plays that season. It was a rookie kid named Willie Parker who, who like won a Super Bowl and was an electric running back for like two years and was out of the league like, shortly thereafter right so you never know in these situations and if anybody has had that experience watching you know and, and I think within the organization there was knowledge that if they got Bettis that Super Bowl that Cower wouldn't be long after that too that he, he would stay out his contract but no more than that so, so I think Ben has seen this done he's thinking he can repeat it it's a different league now I, I don't know if he can do that but it is an admirable decision to take less money and to come back and try it what do you have to lose nothing and you know, if you're looking at it from Ben's perspective, you know, people who aren't actually playing the game, right? People who aren't on the field playing the game are always really quick to talk shit on people who are actually playing it, right? But for any NFL team to start the season 11 and 0 is pretty impressive. So he has no reason to think he can't do it if he can stay healthy, right? If he can get a bye week early as opposed to late in the season. There's no reason he doesn't believe he can't go all the way. He wouldn't come back if he didn't think that. Most players wouldn't, right? I'm sure there's a few that would who only care about padding stats or bank accounts but I don't think it's not about the money with him he didn't give up five million dollars or seven million dollars whatever it was because he didn't think he could make a playoff run so well I objectively think the AFC is a little bit too tough for the Steelers to probably make it through I, I think he's doing an admirable thing and a thing that I'd like to think I or or anybody uh would want to do in the same situation 
I just yeah, see Blaze right. of Glory, man. This is Blaze of Glory. This is going out with gunshots hitting you in the chest and everywhere. And it's just like, oh, oh, why'd you do it, man? Why'd you do well, it? Worst case scenario, he looks like Drew Brees going out, right? I thought that's what he looked like last. I thought that's what he looked like last year. I thought he looked like Breeze last year. That's what I'm saying. I thought he already did that. Uh. All right. So speaking of quarterbacks, um, Tyron Taylor gets signed in Houston because he might be the starter. Um, I don't know who wants to take that first, Jay. <laughs> oh man, I gotta say, you know the the whole Watson thing yesterday like upset me, and I'm rarely upset. <laughs> But I was, I was driving around listening to sports radio. I had, a, I had to go to a dentist and get a tooth filled. And I had to drop my bike off to get it fixed. This is Sean Watson's sexual assault accusation thing. Have you fired up? These radio morons, these like sports people, unbelievable with this like, I've never heard a wor- bad word about Deshaun Watson. And why is it civil, not criminal? And, and, and isn't the timing odd? And oh, well, these are massage therapists. What type of massage did they think he was after? It's the, the complete type of like people come forth, right? Like, like making accusations of being assaulted. And instead of like being treated with any level of respect, they're imo- uh, immediately to- drugged through the mud, <laughs> right? Just totally insane. And I'm listening to these national sports reporters and thinking, wow, you fools are the problem. You're the reason that more people don't come forward when, when they've been assaulted. And it makes me wonder how these people treat their, their mothers or their daughters or their nieces or their aunts or, or their sons or, or, or husbands or whatnot when they're assaulted. I, w- I wonder how they act when people in their family or their friends say that they've been assaulted. It just makes me curious. I find those people to be part of the problem. So that thing just like made me really grossed out yesterday. I wanna be clear here. I'm not saying that Watson did anything wrong. I don't know. But to go after his accusers, just immediately out the gate with the same shit we heard with Bill Cosby, right? 30 years, I never heard a bad word about Bill Cosby, right? 15 years, never heard a bad word about Harvey Weinstein, right? Same nonsense we hear all the time, right? Why is the timing now? Well, if you've ever been involved in a civil case, it's really easy to file a civil case against somebody who lives in the same town as you. But if they move 2,000 miles away, it's really hard to file a civil case against them, right? Like there is very much logic to everything that's going on. Not saying who's right, not saying who's wrong. I'm just saying, if we want to like be respectful and expect people to come forward when they're assaulted, we have to treat them with some sort of dignity. And that doesn't mean we're saying that somebody's necessarily wrong because they've been accused, but you don't throw people under the bus because what it trains other people is don't ever come forward because if you're a victim, we'll victimize you again the minute you say something. That's fucked up. That's just the fact of the matter. How to get that off my chest. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh. For the football end of it, uh, Damn, Jay, uh, keep kicking it, bro. Yeah, it's for the football end of it. It makes even less sense, these, like, conspiracy theories, right? Because, like, why would you taint a guy you're trying to trade with this Tyrod Taylor deal, right? And Tyrod Taylor's incentive is to be the starter. Taylor didn't come to be a backup, right? He gets $6 million if he's a backup. But if he starts X amount of games, he can earn up to, like, $12.5 million, right? So his contract, he came expecting a shot at being the starter. I don't know what they told him, whether they told him we're definitely get rid of Watson or we'll give you a shot in camp, see if you can outplay him, see what you can do. I don't know what they said, but Taylor signed this deal expecting to get some starting time. It feels like Houston is going to try to unload Watson at some point. They're just trying to get money off of him. And this might just, del- this mess may delay that deal. And really the only bad thing for the Texans is that Dallas already signed Dak because man, a player accused of multiple sexual assaults, that's right up Jerry Jones alley. All right, so anybody else want to touch this? Because, uh, like I said, I'm taking the Houston PD stance of uh, no comment. So, Chad? Man, 
He be spitting. Damn. Go ahead, Jay. I, I look. He's he's on the money across the board here. You know, there's there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of variables to this. I asked the only this question, and anybody answer me, because I agree across the board with everything that I just heard. So, my only question is, I don't choose to let my mind be too conspiratorial, but I do get there from time to time, and we talked about this a little bit on the the text thread. You know. The, the, the ties from New Orleans to Houston and subterfuge to create an end result, I'm having a hard time not connecting those pieces with Belichick involved. That's, that's a, I'm struggling to not allow my brain to make that conspiracy leap, but it's there. And is this crapola, a smoke screen? Because that's exactly what I told you guys the other day. This sounds like a way to get him out. Because, look, do I diminish anybody's claim? No. Do I question things when the timing is weird enough for it to not, like, all make sense? Uh, you know, there's the, it, my conspiratorial brain takes over, and I wonder, do we see Deshaun Watson as a patriot? Or are you? Is that just the craziest thing you've ever heard? I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, and I don't. I have no clue where he ends up. It feels like Houston, though, with this Tyrod Taylor deal, definitely wants to get rid of him. And it feels like you know Houston as an organization can't be pleased about these allegations, um, which you know will be played out in court because it's, it just makes it more of a struggle to get rid of him. While the cases are civil, not criminal, and that's common in situations like this, it, it still makes it hard, especially when the NFL this morning just announced they'd be investigating it. So it, it's, it's a tough one. It makes it tougher to move him. It makes the amount of return you get for the trade less. It's just, it's a bad deal for Houston. So I, I you know, I don't know. It, it seems like a, a bad, a bad situation for Houston all around here. And, and while whether or not I, I, you know, I don't know who did what or what, right. <laughs> but Houston is in a bet. I know Houston made its bed in a lot of ways, but wow, that organization just nothing ever goes right. It's, it's crazy how that place fell apart from a team that made the playoffs a couple of years in a row, not, not long ago, four or five years ago, they were in the playoffs back to back times. I know they got that booted in the first round, but, but they looked like they really had a lot of promise. And this is just an unbelievable falling apart, uh, letting go of D hop, Watson wanting out, letting, letting go of JJ Watt. They're just an utter tire fire. It's horrifying. And all the crap that comes with it on the side, you know, that, that gets seeped out, after these guys get traded or released or cut ties. And it's not like a happy divorce where you walk down the road and you can see that person wave across the street and be like, hey, I don't hate you anymore. These are like, screw you. You fucked me over. This is a whole other, like, thanks a lot. I'm out the door. And that's weird. That's a weird thing. So, you know, that adds only more fuel to the fire of what I'm saying about all of these things that could potentially be allegations when you have an organization which seems to be so totally inept and running themselves into the ground and doing everything wrong against their best interests. Is it not impossible that they would do some other bullshit that might make them look stupider even? I don't know. I just don't count that out. 
if I had to, if I had to guess on what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson, I know you said you talked about the uh, Tarod by the name. By the way, his name is Tarod Taylor. That's what he said. His mom named him, and that's what he wants people to call him, Tarod Taylor. I got you, Tarod. Shout out. Come stop by on the show. Um, with him being signed, I mean, look, it it seems as though it's an insurance policy. Maybe for if I don't think they're going to trade him. I don't think Deshaun Watson's going anywhere. If I have to be honest, uh, I think Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson are staying in place at least until the end of this season. Um, but I think this is an insurance policy just in case he decides to sit. If you have to look at all the backups that are available, except for maybe Mitchell Trubisky, uh, you know, what other quarterback would you sign to be, you know, to plug in as a just in case? Um, Terod Taylor is a guy that has proven that he can be plugged in and win games. Um, he, he's probably not your starter. You know, he's not a guy that you can maybe commit your entire franchise to, but if you need to plug him in for a few games in a season, he can win you some games. Um, in regards to the Deshaun Watson sexual allegations, look, um, I think Jay is right when it comes to these um, sports radio analysts uh, coming out with these takes. Um I, I'm a firm believer in um, that. I, I kind of agree with you, Matt. I think you're innocent until proven guilty. Now, with that being said, I don't think that should diminish anything that these that these people are coming forward with for these allegations. We've seen it before. People have been accused of things since the dawn of time. And if, if, if he did commit these, you know, what he's being accused of, then absolutely he should be punished for it. But if he didn't, then it will eventually come to light that he did not, uh, that he did not commit these acts. And if he didn't, he, he should have nothing to worry about. Will it, will it ruin his name? I don't think so. I think it's going to be tough for these next few months going through these allegations. If he did not do it, um, if he did do it, yes, he should be punished. Absolutely. Um, I think that both sides should be heard equally. I think that both sides should be treated equally. And um, I think that you need to treat this as just any sort of case that you would treat if, if someone off the street was accused of, you know, sexually assaulting multiple women or multiple men, even, um, I, I think that if this is true, he should be punished. If it's not true, then um, I'm a firm believer that that people who falsely accuse other people of things so egregious should also be punished. Um, I'm hoping that it's not true and that we don't have to view him in that light and that it will all work out for him. Um, but I do think Terod Taylor is a solid guy to be there just in case any of this happens. I don't think it's necessarily like, um, oh, the timing, oh, the timing, oh, the timing, or we've never heard anything bad about him. Well, you never hear anything bad about anybody until you do. So, again, I hope he didn't do anything that he's being accused of. I hope he didn't commit any of these acts. Um, and if he did, I hope that he gets served up to the, you know, to the fullest extent. And I hope that these women um, get are able to rest comfortably knowing that um, he was punished if he did these things. But I think Terod Taylor is a solid backup, and um, I, ho I, I, I hope he gets some playtime this season.